Hello, my friend, and welcome to the 506th episode of the Sales Podcast. I'm Wes A. for the Sales Whisper, your host. Today we have Gus Munoz. This guy is going to share some tips and tricks and secrets on how he is growing his revenue by taking online leads offline, okay, um, including using the phone. But he's doing Facebook ads. He's doing a lot of online things, but capturing this lead and engaging them. You know, one of the things he says um, in this interview is, you know, 90% of Facebook leads don't want to talk to you. And if you've run any ads, you know that's true. But it's still a great place, a powerful place to to prospect, to run your ads. Uh, so how do you generate 5 and 10x ROI on every dollar that you spend Um in that type of environment. So that's what we're going to get into. All right. Um, he is an interesting dude, uh, started a corporate America at Microsoft, uh, technical background uh, with an entrepreneurial spirit. So whether you are a geek or you are a wandering dreamer, either way, it's going to help you. Okay. The same way that you can get some help in the sell more of everything program. Um, starting to promote that quite heavily, uh, getting some new folks in, some new blood. Just wrapped up a six-week uh, course, basically teaching everything that is in that. Um, and that was $15,000. Uh, but you don't have to pay anything near that. Uh, you can join month to month, okay? Sellmoreofeverything.com. I share the tips and the tricks, and every week we go through what you're working on, what are you stuck on, um, what can you do to break through? What can you do to accelerate your growth? It's for salespeople. It's for entrepreneurs. So come join us, sellmoreofeverything.com. And after you join, come back and listen to this interview. Gustavo Munoz Castro, a.k.a. Gus, the man with the plan. Welcome to the sales podcast. How the heck are you? Hey there, Wes. Thanks for having me here, man. So can a former Microsoft senior engineer turned real estate agent turned inside sales guru really bring any value to the sales podcast, man? Like, why the, why the heck am I talking to you? Uh, that's a really good question. And, you know, I, I think part of the answer is why, why Microsoft didn't like me, uh, you know, because I, I had too much of those sales skills for, for the engineering uh, company, right? So I don't know if you know this, Wes, but, uh, you know, among engineers, sales skills, not super highly valued, not super highly valued. They don't, they don't, uh, they don't tend to love those things. Um, and, and within those circles, I was known as like the networker, the salesy guy. Uh, so maybe those are, you know, those are some of my credentials, right? The engineers hated me because I was too good at sales and they always, <laughs> they're always a little bit concerned about that, right? They're like, ah, let's open this guy. Uh, but you know, that's, that's where I started my technical background, everything. And I made the transition. I left the corporate life. I left the engineering life, which is again, Microsoft's great company, got nothing bad to say about them, but I, you know, I, I got bit by the bug, right? And I had other skills. I had other skills that I knew, uh, I wasn't going to be able to fully use over there. So I, I took the plunge, uh, you know, that, I dove headfirst into, into real estate, real estate sales. That's how I started, um, you know, and I started building teams. And now, I've, you know, fast forward a few years from I went from real estate to inside sales for real estate. And now my job is just to hire, train, uh, you know, and place uh, inside salespeople for different teams across the U.S. and Canada. So I've got a pretty big team now. 
Um, so, you know, I've, I've, I've done this for a while now. You know, I've, I've grown into sales. I didn't start out as a sales guy, started as an engineer, uh, and I gravitated towards the sales side because uh, that's where, you know, my skill set was, where my talent was. Um, so, yeah, I've been able to build a pretty, pretty big team now just dedicated to that. So I'm here to talk about that and anything else you, you think the audience might find valuable. Well, it's been a long time in, in tech, and I tell people all the time that, like, the systems engineers are where we would get the real scoop. So I was always hammering my systems engineers, like, hey, pay attention, get the other guys talking, you know, see what's really going on. Uh, because, you know, the executives play, kind of play their cards close to the vest, right? But the engineers are like, oh, I'm not in sales. I'm just sharing what's the truth. And, <laughs> 100%. Oh, I get so 100%. much info. Yeah, so if you're absolutely. using engineers, uh, make sure they're on your side. And But, you know, the yeah. cool thing uh, about your background, is I tell people all the time, sales is so prescriptive, so scientific, so methodical, if they would stick with it. But, you know, the typical salesperson is just this happy-go-lucky and, you know, shoot from the hip and kind of wing it and heaven forbid they put any kind of systems in place. They'll just, they'll slaughter their competition, but they just usually don't. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I love you brought that up, Wes, because Holy cow, I, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, definitely in the industry and in sales, especially for real estate, uh, if you look at it from like a disc profile perspective, if you, I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with this, I don't know, you know, you've heard sure. that. I'm, um, you know, the, the high D dominant, the uh, I more, you know, uh, relationship based, uh, motivational, the S and the C tend to be more reserved, more analytical. So, oh, it's always high I, high D. That's what the industry is. Um, and I'm not a high I and a high D, right? Just off the bat, I'm more um, that analytical side is is not dominant, but it's higher than than what other salespeople are. I've never seen that as a disadvantage, right? Because you're right, Wes. There is there is you know a high D, a high I, a high relationship aspect to this business. You got to be you know got to be upbeat. You got to be cheerful. You got to be got to be hard pressed. You got to have grit. Um, but like you said, there is a science to this, right? And one of the things that I really liked about the inside sales role, the, the thing that, that I latched onto when I discovered that role, and it was through real estate, was how scalable it was, right? The, the, the inside sales agent owns a really specific part of the process. And we're talking about the whole sales cycle, right? We're talking about the prospect comes in, the, the, the appointment is generated, you do the initial pitch and then follow up, follow up. Depending on your sales cycle, you follow up for a few days, a few weeks or a few months, depending on the kind of cycle you're in. And you got to close that deal, right? That, that is in a nutshell, like any sales process. I really liked the inside sales agent because they had a really precise, well-defined role. That's what attracted me to that, right? Because I'm like, I can teach this to people. I was training salespeople at the time. I trained a bunch of new, brand new engineers at Microsoft. I said, I can build a team that laser focuses on this part of the process and is one of the best at it ever, right? So I, that's what really attracted it to me. And I think if I wouldn't have had that engineering mindset, uh, I don't think that would have been attractive to me. I don't think I would have been able to hone in uh, to that part of the process and build a huge organization around it. Yeah. And I mean, you, you spent nine plus years at Microsoft, right? This wasn't like some passing thing. I mean, nine years is a career in IT, right? Absolutely. Uh, How did you know, when did you know you had an entrepreneurial bug? So early on, actually my first boss at Microsoft, he saw it. 
he saw it in me. He was actually an entrepreneur himself. He had a side gig, he had a restaurant and he had, you know, uh, a music business. He had a bunch of things going on on the side and he worked full time at Microsoft. And, you know, I'd always be asking him about his business. I'd be, I would read Inc. Magazine, you know, the entrepreneur magazines from the early 2000s. I mean, they were big. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd always be reading the articles. I'd be sharing stuff with him. He could try out in his business. And he told me, he, he said this to me. This was a, within, I was there only a few months. And he said, Gus, I got something to tell you, man. Just by interacting with you, learning who you are. I don't know if I should be happy for you or should I should be sorry for you, right? Because he said, Microsoft is the best job, you know, J-O-B, best job I've ever had. Best job like you're ever going to get, right? It's a great company, great money, all these things, um, you know. But this is the first job you've ever had, bro. So you better, you got a, you got a decision to make, right? Are you going to go all in at this point in your career at Microsoft? Or are you going to see if you're destined for bigger and better things? And to be honest with you, I had no idea what he was talking about. It was like, psh, totally, I missed it. I was too early in my career. I'm like, no, no, I'm an engineer. I'm not a sales guy. I'm not like a business guy. No, no, I'm, I'm you know, my parents were like, you know, academics, you know, they were not entrepreneurial. I felt I was not entrepreneurial. Um, so I said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to grind here. That's what I'm here. I'm here for, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. This is what I want to do. Um, but funny things happen, man. You know, you start to notice these things. You start to feel a little bit out of place. You start to feel like you start to see people that are like, like, this is their calling. This is what they want to do. This is what they enjoy doing. You start to see them and like, okay, well, I'm not like that. Right. This is a job for me and I'm okay. At it. I do well. Right. I became a manager there. It was, it was all right. Um, but you, at some point, you know, you know, is this aligned with my, whatever you want to call it, Wes, with my calling, with my purpose, with my core skill set? you can give it whatever name you want, you know, you know, and it's up to you to decide, am I going to lean into that uncomfort or am I going to just let it, let it slide, not do much about it, put my head down and grind another 20, 30 years, you know, in the corporate life and kind of just kind of put it, what well, it could have been. It's not that I'm not, it's not, it's not me. That's not for me. Why would I leave this cushy corporate job making six figures with the house and the car and all these things, right? I had made it in all and every sense of the word. Why do that? Um, you know, and you got to, that's a really personal decision. And if you want to leave a, an industry like high tech, which is a great industry, um, and you want to bet on yourself, everyone has to arrive to that decision separately. I, a, a particular set of circumstances happened, Wes, then made that a no brainer for me. Like, I got to try something better. I got to go out on my own. I got to scratch this itch and I got to see if there's anything there. I, I became an entrepreneur full time when I was 32 years old, right? Usually a decade after most entrepreneurs are out there taking their first hits, trying their first deals. Um, so I, I'm a late bloomer, uh, but, you know, it's been, and I, it's been uh, almost eight years since that. And I haven't looked back since. So how did you choose real estate? Uh, my wife, actually, right? The boss, right? You're talking about earlier, the boss. Uh, she, I, I studied in Mexico. Microsoft recruited me to Seattle. I moved to Seattle and she came along shortly thereafter, right? She moved to the US. She was also an engineer, but she had also, she had the bug. Her family was very entrepreneurial. Everyone in her family had their own business. Everyone in her family was hustling some kind of niche, some kind of product, agriculture, commodities. They were moving, they had stores, they had, they were, they were in commerce, they were in business, they were business people. Um, and it was totally different. It was like night and day, her family compared to my family. And and we had that in common. I discovered we had that in common, right? And she got licensed in real estate in 2008 as the world was ending, right? Um, and she was just hustling, became rookie of the year. 
uh, you know, during like the downturn, she started getting into investing and I, I, it just seemed more interesting to me. I got licensed in 2010, did it part-time for a few years. Um, and then I jumped in full-time. It was, it's, it's what I had right in front of me. It was the opportunity at hand and the one I leaned into right away. Well, so that makes sense though. I mean, you kind of laid the, the groundwork, had a foundation, right? Yeah. Uh, but then, but you didn't just jump in. I mean, looking at like LinkedIn here, I mean, bam, you hit it. And I guess technically you're working for yourself, right? So did, did you just become an agent or did you try to do something a little bit different in the real estate market like right off the, from the get-go? Right off the bat, I was my wife's assistant for the first couple of years as I was doing part-time, right? Nights and weekends. That was me, nights and weekends. And I was just helping her on the tech side, to be really honest with you. Let me help you like set up your technology here. Let me figure this out. And you start to see things, start to learn. I went to a conference with her, like the big Keller Williams conferences, sales. And man, you get, you either, at those events, you either get pumped up or you don't. It gets you fired up, huh? It either gets you fired up or it does not, right? And engineers typically hate those things. I, I ate it up. Everything. Absolutely everything. I got pumped up. I helped her. My first excuse to get out of Microsoft was, I'm going to help you build your team you know, in the Keller Williams model, like the true, you know, team building. Let me help you do that because I love that stuff. Let me go in there and do it. I'm going to take a six month hiatus and I never went back. That's what, that was my story. I jumped in and I ran her real estate team for about two, two and a half, almost three years. And then I started this inside sales team. You know, I was hiring that position for her, for her team, you know, bringing it in. I, and I saw the potential there. It, I saw the potential. I had a real, I had my, one of my first ISAs, said 22 listing appointments for me in the first month. I'm like, okay, whoa, there's, there's, there's something here. There's something here. And then, but this is the thing that really like blew me away. And I said, I got to lean into this. I said, I'm going to build a team for us, uh, for my real estate team. I'm going to build an ISA team in Mexico, which is where I'm from originally. I said, I'm going to build a team there. I know the country. I know the people. I know how to, how to find people that are like me, bicultural, bilingual. Let me see if this works, right? And as soon as I you know, put that out there in the world, like to speak it into existence. I, I mentioned it to a few people. People came to me with a check and I said, Gus, build one, hire someone for me too. I mean, you, got, you, you love training people. You're going to do this call center in Mexico anyway. Like, man, here's another seat. What's another seat? Do it, man. And then another person, a third person, a fourth person. So I had $10,000 to play around with that I didn't count on. Right. And I said, okay, in real estate, like in a lot of sales professions, you're always chasing after the leads. You got to grind. You got to hustle. You got to make it happen. I had never had people coming to me before, ever, like in, in, in real estate and in sales. They were coming to me and saying, hey, why aren't you taking my call? Hey, I want you to hire someone for me. I, I heard this person did it. Well, I want in too. And I'm like, this is, there's a need here. I had stumbled into a need in the marketplace. And this was mid-2015. I said, I got to jump in and see where this is going to go. Uh, this is going to have wings. It's going to be like a fluke. Can I make this happen? And I jumped in in 2015. And within a year, I was full-time on this com- this new company. Very nice. I'm going to have my son call you because he's new in the real estate. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Absolutely, man. Um, right out there for a new agent. It's hard out there right now in this market. Here, I hear you. Dude, it's terrible. People are all oh, great to be in real estate right now. It's like, not if you're new. Not if, you're if, if you can't get the listings right now, you're dead. Uh, absolutely. You got buyers falling off the trees, but you can go broke working with the wrong kind of buyers in this market right now. So I have a lot yeah. of empathy folks jumping in right now. Dude, yeah, it's so hard. 
So is that, is that where your focus is now then is helping, helping the agents get listings? Uh, we mostly, so I'm, I'm going to be super honest with you. I think probably about 80% of the work we do is for buyer leads and converting buyers, even in this market, even wow. in this market, that's the majority. And the reason for that is that buyers are the best lead to generate online. It's the easiest, most efficient. You get the most qualified and the best price for acquisition is still buyers. I don't think the web has figured out a great way to efficiently generate sellers, seller leads. They're, they're going to be more expensive. They're going to be a longer play, longer term play. And like anything in a seller's market, there's tons of competition for them. So I'd say about 20% focus on sellers, either through outbound prospecting mm-hmm. or online lead gen, and 80% focused on inbound uh, buyer leads. Have you dabbled in other industries uh, or have you seen, like, can this work your model, you know, for setting up an inside team? Can it work in any industry? Uh, yeah, you know, because what we do, absolutely yes. The answer is yes. And we've, uh, we're actually doing a lot of pilots right now because real estate, in the sense that you've got those online leads coming in and it's a grind to get them converted, really similar story for insurance, solar, HVAC. You know, there's a big online presence or online strategy for those industries. And it's also a grind. They, you get a bunch of people, usually low cost to get people in. But the cost per acquisition is only a function of how many times you're willing to call the text to work those leads. So anything that has like a common thread with that, if that's, that sounds familiar, then this is the same kind of process. You either have an inside sales position or you are the inside salesperson as a salesperson. So are you, you're starting with Facebook ads and then what driving them to a landing page, like request a quote or like what's that flow? So typically, and this is for the the 80% case I talked about, they're going to be Facebook ads and they're going to be like, right now you want to attract buyers. So what do buyers want? They want inventory. So that Facebook ad has to give, has to solve that burning need. Like right now, buyers want to see homes. They want to see available inventory. They want to see something that's going to get their attention. You're going to have some kind of great financing option. You're going to have the off-market property list. Oh my God, people want to see those, right? And if you, so for, if, if, if people are in real estate are listening to this, if you don't have an off-market property list, make one, right? People want to talk to you if you have anything like that. So it starts with that burning need. And, and I'll translate it like, for example, for HVAC, right? You know, uh, uh, AC and heating. Um, if you've got those zero down options, there's zero down options, you know, everywhere in that industry and buyers want to know about those things. Hey, and, and when it's those summer months and they either need to get a new unit or their old units giving all this trouble, give them that zero down option. You're going to get, you're going to generate some phone calls from that on the, on Facebook. Facebook is great. So, and people have to understand Facebook, right? Facebook is not, and, and you know, in real estate, we always compare it to Zillow.com, Realtor.com. Those are real estate websites. People go on those sites to look at homes and to schedule showings. I mean, it's a highly motivated kind of a location. I understood that those are the best. Those are the most expensive leads in the marketplace, right? Some of those leads, they're not going to cost you 100 or 200 bucks, you know, Wes. They're going to cost you a 35% referral fee if they end up closing. Those leads are adequately priced, adequately priced. That's fine. Facebook, and I wouldn't even put Google in the same, you know, grouping. You're not always going to get people that are ready to go off the bat. That's true, 100%. But you're going to get a lot of people, and you can be as picky as you want with these leads. But if you want to get that 5x return, 10x return on your lead spend, you're not going to get that from Zillow. Not anymore, at least. You're not going to get those from those more traditional established lead sources. You got to go play 
in the Facebook, right? You got to go play in those bigger lead pools. You got to be willing to put in the work to get a 5X or even a 10X uh, or, or up to a 10X ROI on those lead sources. You can't get those from the really expensive ones, but you can definitely get those from a source like Facebook. Hmm. Is that where you come in? Can you just run it? And because most people aren't going to spend the time to get Facebook right. And even if they get it right, it's going to change. They're not going to stay on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. It's dynamic. So we help them with that, right? That's why we exist because it is a grind. It's hard to get those, you know, to make that call. And, you know, right now, uh, you know, well, I, I will say this with the pandemic, with COVID, I saw the same thing you were talking about in one of these past episodes that you were able to talk to more people, right? More people were home. Uh, you know, you're able to, the, the, so the conversion rates went through the roof last summer, for sure. I think right now they're probably closer to, to where they were pre-pandemic than they were a few months ago, for sure. Um, but it's still a grind. It's still a grind. You got to really hustle. And by grind, I mean, you got to be making like 10 to 15 attempts within the first month, 10 to 15 attempts calling. You got to mix it up, calling, texting, call again, text again, and see which one people are going to be, be responding to. You want to get a response. You want, that's the whole goal. Whether you're using an ISA or not, that's the purpose, right? You, you can get some automation to help you, but the phone call is, you still got to make the phone call. I tell folks, yes, it is 2021. Yes, there's a generation out there that hates the phone. Our number one conversions, our number one set of source of appointments, still the phone. It's a, still the best way to have a two-way conversation. Two-way conversation, uninterrupted two-way conversation is still the best way to close a prospect. Even if they don't, I'm not saying, I wouldn't say that people prefer the phone over texting. I, I don't think I'd say that anymore, but you're still going to be able to convert more of those leads into appointments by having that un, uninterrupted two-way conversation, whether that's a phone call, a Zoom call, or any kind of other system that lets you have that kind of conversation. And these are calls to people that have opted in for something, right? I mean, it's not a pure cold call. So we, we do both of those. We do both the, the, the pure cold call and the inbound, you know, warm lead. People consider those warm leads. I mean, they, they don't know, like, or trust you, but they're considered, you know, inbound. It's an easier call to make for a lot of folks, for a lot of folks. A lot of folks will never touch a cold list and they'll call Facebook leads all the live long day. What's the difference between the two? It's arguable, Wes. You can get angry people like in both, but the, the mental block, the mental issue of making that call is 10 times easier on those inbound leads than it's ever going to be on the cold lists. Right. So are people still hard to reach when they opt in? I mean, are they just like wanting to get the info? Like, are they, are you getting a lot of fake numbers or fake emails? I think a lot of, I think fake numbers. Yes. You're going to get some of those. I think it's probably going to be 10, maybe up to 20% of people coming in are going to be fake. That's normal. That's typical. You can put in some, uh, like you mentioned the landing page, right? You can put in some hoops they have to jump through to weed those people out, right? You can, uh, that's, that's the magic of, uh, and the challenge of Facebook on Facebook. I mean, you can, you can go on YouTube and figure out how to set this up in an hour, go on Facebook, set up an ad account, put in your credit card and your ad is up and running. And you're probably going to generate leads, right? Yeah, they're not going to be the best and they're going to be not super high quality. It's going to have some issues, but you can get up and running very quickly and you can generate leads at a really, really low price very quickly. What's the challenge with that? I don't know if you've clicked on an ad on Facebook recently, Wes. It automatically fills in your information. Some people click on that thing and they don't even know what they did, right? It's like, oh, thank you so much for sending me your information. Bye. I mean, there's very little intent. There can be really, really little intent in there. And that's a challenge. It means you're going to talk to a lot of people like, oh, yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about, Gus. I didn't click on that ad. 
Or like, yeah, but I wasn't really motivated. I was, I wanted to browse baby pictures and you put a real estate ad in there. Yeah, I am tangentially interested in real estate, but not really, right? So you're going to get a lot of those, Wes. Um, that's just part of the game with Facebook. And I, I'd say, and if you, if you generate 100 Facebook leads and that method I just talked about, the, like the quick and easy, 90% of those are not going to want to talk to you at all. 90% of those are not going to want to talk to you at all. That's an accurate, I think it's a really accurate number for Facebook. If you put in some of those hoops, you put in that landing page, you put in some friction, you're going to bump that number up. That's even the people doing it at the highest level, they're maybe going to get 30% of people who want to talk to them or at least interacting with them. 70% is going to go to the garbage, but, but that's okay, right? Because again, we're not looking at the cost for the lead. We're not looking at, you know, just the money spent. It's your, like, like with every kind of sales, it's your cost per acquisition. How much does it cost to get a sale? And even if you put that friction in, your cost per sale can actually go down if you're bumping up that conversion rate. So, I mean, all of that to say, uh, Facebook can work, but you got to approach it with the right mindset. Yes, it is a grind. Yes, 90% of those folks are not going to do something immediately within the, first, within the first 90 days. That's true. But if you go into it with that expectation and you put the right work into place, you, you can get an ISA to help you like save some of that time. You don't want to spend that time making those calls. Understood. Get someone to help you. Add some leverage. If you're at your point in your business where you can add leverage, add leverage. That's going to help. It's going to make your time more efficient. Um, but those are the numbers. Those are true, accurate numbers for Facebook right now. Whew, that's daunting. Yeah, it's a lot, right? <laughs> so, so let's say you get that 10%. You know, want to talk to you, 90% don't. Out of those 90, if you put them into some type of drip system, you know, what another 10 or 20% eventually pop up? You know, because they did, I mean, some were intentional about it, right? Even though maybe they were just curious and, and they're premature. But do you see those start to unfold and, and come to fruition? Absolutely. And that's and when I talked about a 10x return, I'm talking about that tail end. Um, it's not just the top 10%. I mean, you'll make money on Facebook for sure if you focus on that top 10%. You will. But if you don't focus on that 90%, the rest of the folks and have some kind of follow-up system, they can be an email drip. It has to be phone calls too. You can't never call those folks ever again. I wouldn't recommend that. I wouldn't treat all those leads the same, right? You got to put them in a big bucket of the people that never responded to you ever. That's one bucket. Okay, yeah, those are going to be, don't follow up with those too frequently. But the folks that have responded, and, are, and what, but I mean by unqualified, I mean folks that are a year out or more, right? They're not going to be doing anything anytime soon. Do not, if you, if you work those, have a system to work those and you're reaching out to them at least once a month and that can be your email that can, well, I wouldn't do a phone call once a month for someone that's a year out. It's too much. You got to give them something, right? You add them to like a Facebook group, keep them in your audience. If you add them, if you're running something called in Facebook called retargeting ads, you've got, I have for my company, I run $5 a day of retargeting ads. And that's just people that have come in contact with me, liked one of my ads, interacted with one of my ads, saw my Facebook, my Facebook page or my website online. I am going to try and stay in touch with them, right? I want them to see my testimonials. I want them to see who I am, my latest piece of content. I want them to see the last class I taught, the last podcast I was on, Wes. I mean, it's all about creating that content and adding value because I want them to know I'm the guy. When you're ready to go, and you want to pull the trigger on whatever it is, I'm the guy. You obviously want to talk to Gus. 
And, and when people are one year out, Wes, there's two ways you can look at that. As a defeat, and like, this is the worst thing ever, or I've got one year to convince that guy to work with me. I've got a year. Let's go, right? What are you going to do to do that? So answering your question, 100% yes. The 10x return only comes if you're able to convert that long tail of leads. Very nice. So you, you're calling, you're texting. I mean, where, where does it get creepy or pushy? Right. I mean, like, is, is it all acceptable? Follow them on Instagram, track them down. I mean, or is it just, um, and, and are people given their cell phones and, and they're cool with, with taking that call on their cell phone? So most, so you'd be surprised about the people that do give their information. They do give their accurate information. That's also, it also has to do with your ad. I mean, what are you, what are you offering? I mean, you, they, you, they're, they're rewarding you with their information, Right. And in this, you know, the industry has proven that if you give them people enough value, they'll give up their personal information. They're willing to make that trade, right? They're willing to say, okay, okay, Gus, here goes. You can't get personal information from Facebook, not for real estate. And that's the industry that I'm mostly in. Maybe for e-commerce and other stuff, hey, you'll get a lot of information from folks through, through a system like Facebook. But, you know, because of, you know, regulation and stuff, for real estate, you get almost nothing. You get almost nothing off the bat. So you got to come in with value. I'm so in uh, the example I love to use is that off market example. If I'm going to give you a list of off market properties, people will give you their name, number, address, phone number, their wife's number, their other, they'll give you a lot of stuff. Why? Because I'm coming with the goods. If I show you an off market property list in this market, I'm going to get your attention. And yeah, you're going to make that trade off. So I, if, if I see a campaign with a lot of invalid data, I always go, what are you offering people? Because they're not, they're not trading you the goods. They're not giving them to you. So what are you trying to give them? And they're just giving you fake data to see if you're legit and you're not, and they're just ignoring you, right? So what, what, what is it? I think it goes back to that kind of a question. And if whenever I see that kind of an- Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code program for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Issue more than 10, 20% invalid information, something's up. <clears throat> yeah, just taking shortcuts now. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, does somebody need like a fancy system to make all this work? Can they can they get away with you know, a Mailchimp or a, you know something simpler if they're trying to do this on their own? I think at the very minimum you need if you're going to do internet lead generation, whether it's real estate or otherwise, you need a CRM. You need an internet-based CRM. I think that's like the bare minimum. And you can get those for 50 bucks a month. I mean, there's a lot of systems out there. There's Lion Desk and there's Sierra and there's you know, Zoho was a really popular one. Um, you know, there's Base. There's a lot of them and, and I, there's too many for me to name. But the important thing that they need is when people come in, you got to be able to put them on some campaign. And that campaign has to include what we talked about, the emails, the text messages, and it has to be able to give you the reminder to call them, right? Hey, Gus, you got a brand new internet lead, call them right away. Okay, great. Gus, you've got the second call attempt lined up. Gus, you've got the third call attempt lined up. Because if you're, even if you're only generating, let's say two or three a day, those add up. You got 100 the first month, you got 100 the next month. Now there's 200 in your pipeline and it doesn't add up well unless you have like a little bit of organization, right? So the CRM is a must. The CRM is a must, in my opinion, to keep yourself kind of organized. 
whether you do the newsletter through the CRM or through a MailChimp, I mean, that you can pick up folks and figure that out. Um, but you've got to have all of those pieces kind of working for you. Uh, for a lot of folks, it's not really the CRM that's the issue, Wes. It's mostly the ads manager in Facebook. That's where most people kind of get caught up. Should they hire a pro to do that? Should they do it on their own? I always tell folks 100%, uh, you got to try and figure it out yourself. And there's so much information online to get you started. Some of them is paid. A lot of it is free. You got to be able to run these ads on your own to see what you can do unassisted. You got to at least have the benchmark, right? And in real estate, without that much knowledge, you can generate leads for four or five bucks a pop, probably in, in most markets, right? Maybe in you know San Diego, Southern California is going to be higher because it's really expensive. But in most markets, you can it doesn't take a lot of skill to generate leads at four or five bucks a pop. If you want to, you know, increase the quality, if you want to maybe lower that cost per acquisition for that lead, yeah, it takes a little bit more practice, a little bit more tricks. But you got to try it on on your own. You got to try it on before you bring in the pro. Number one, you got to have something to compare against, right? You got to know because there's a lot of folks managing Facebook leads right now that are just one step ahead of you as a newbie. That's the reality, right? So you got to be able to compare against something. And then if you bring in a pro, you got to know what they have to deliver to actually make it worth and give you that ROI. So somebody that's decent, not even a true pro, but decent, competent, a little bit better, you know, what does it look like to hire somebody like that? Is that a 500 bucks a month? Is it 2000 bucks a month plus ad spend? Like what's, what should somebody expect to pay in the beginning? So if you're hiring a professional marketer to come in and do the work for you, and I'm, real estate is my, is my industry, right? So I'm going to use that as an example. A year ago, I'd say it was 2,500 a month, a year ago. Now, and I think maybe this COVID accelerated this, it's gotten so competitive, Wes. I, th I think it's half that, and maybe probably less than half that. I mean, the, the, the marketing agency, the marketing industry has really changed, I think, in the last year. Uh, COVID is a big part of that. A lot of folks double down online. A lot of folks came online. There's a lot more folks in the marketplace trying to sell these kind of services to generate Facebook leads for you. And here's another thing. A lot of the CRMs have automatic posting tools now, right? If you use I mean, you know, like something like a Keller Williams command or you've got like a real geek CRM, I mean, and I don't have any kind of deals with those guys. I just know they're just really common in the industry. Um, they have a tool that says post, post a Facebook ad for you, right? You fill in the property address. It pulls the pictures. You should have permission for those. You pull the pictures off from online and it'll post your ad for you. And those are going to give you leads. So, like, so, so, I mean, the barrier to entry has really gotten lower, Wes. So marketing agency cannot charge, but marketing agencies would love to charge 2,500 still like it was a year ago. It can't anymore, right? Because there's a lot of automation there. It's getting better. Um, so I'd say 1,000 to 1,500 a month is probably going to be typical. Uh, uh, for a campaign and it can get higher because you want a bunch of add-ons and then landing pages and, and retargeting. It goes up from there, but I'd say it starts in that range and that's half of what it was only a year ago. Yeah. You mentioned like $5 a day for retargeting, but yeah. that's, that's retargeting. But then, you know, is it another five or 10 a day? Is it 20 a day, you know, to, to generate adequate leads? You know, if we're talking twelve hundred a month for the person, five five dollars a day, well, there's another hundred and fifty. If you did ten dollars a day for initial ads, well, there's three hundred, so there's four fifty. You know, we're at sixteen, seventeen hundred, uh, no sweat. Yeah, easily, easily, right? It's gonna be a function of your market. If you're gonna be in Southern California, 
I, I don't think you can get away with spending less than $20, $30 a day on ad spend. I don't think you can get away with less than that to really see some traction. And in some markets, you're going to see leads that can get for a lot less than a dollar. So you can do, you can get away with less of those. Um, so you kind of have to figure that out, but I think you're, I think you're right, right? If you're, if you're spending, let's say a thousand dollars for the marketer, um, you know, you're, you're retargeting 150, uh, 500 for the ad spend, just go basic 500 for the ad spend. I think you're 1500 to 2000 uh, monthly basis all in. I think for that's, I think that's really, really accurate in that range. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. So your website, I mean, if somebody's not in real estate, should they go to your website anyway? Can they still learn some tips and tricks or resources? I, I think if you're in real estate or in some of those industries I mentioned, insurance, whether that's home and auto life insurance, uh, solar, uh, HVAC roofing, um, you know, some of those uh, uh, industries that really, really lend themselves towards online lead generation, definitely give us a ring, give us a call. You know, we'd love to help you out and work for you. Um, we can definitely help you out in that, in that sense. And so in your site, it's Power ISA, right? Inside Sales Agent, what it stands for? Yep. PowerISA.com. So, so again, like roofing, HVAC, I mean, plumbing, I like got contract type contractors yep. contract like yeah, all those contractor campaigns 100 you're correct correct contract okay. campaigns and that have an online presence yeah right very cool and then so your team can help them run the ads tee, tee things up i mean will you do the close or will you just qualify and then hand them over we do the qualification and the handoff that's the part that we specialize in we're doing the grind of making the second, third, fourth, fifth, 10th call and sending the text messages and res actually responding to those text messages. We're trying to do, there's two outcomes that we like. Number one, a live transfer to the client. Boom. You got a call from Power ISA and it's a lead on the line. Hey, you know, Wes, this is Gus, your ISA. I've got Bob here. He's looking to whatever, right? That's a great outcome. Second best, a scheduled appointment with them. That's going to be either a web call or a phone call or an in-person appointment that's scheduled on your calendar. Those are, those are not as good as the live transfer, but they're better than nothing because um, we know 50% of those can be no-show because that's just the name of the game when it comes to Facebook lead, Facebook lead generation. Um, yeah. We'll schedule that as well. Third, uh, also not the best, but we'll take it, is a qualified lead, someone that's not ready to talk to you right away, but they've got one of those 12 months out kind of time frame. Yeah, I'm 12 months out. I'm working on this, this, this. I'm looking to buy in this price range in this area, but I'm six months, I'm a year out. It doesn't make sense for me to meet with you right away, but we've qualified that person and they're in your pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right. All right. I'll check you out. Tell my son to check you out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, for, for the newbies, I'm just, you know, real talk for you and the newbies, the newbies, it's hard for them to do online lead gen. It's difficult, right? Because they have to have, you know, the budget for that. And I'm talking about five to 10 grand to get started, to get started. And most newbies, that's a little bit hard, hard to do that right now, right? So for newbies, I would take a different approach. But once they've got that traction, one to two transactions coming in, then to, ex to get from one to two to three to four, online can really help. That is another leg in the stool that's going to help you build that business. But, but for newbies starting with online, I am not a fan. I am not a fan unless it's, and let, let me just qualify that. You should be using Facebook and Instagram as a newbie, but just not the paid ads. You got to be using it to talk to your friends, family, coworkers, your friends from high school. Use that. I'll do that. And Facebook loves that stuff. You're connecting with people that know you. So right. Facebook is going to give you a preferential treatment, right? If I go live today and talk about 
how awesome, like a bidding war that I just won, or I show them an open house, pictures of a home. I do a live talking about how awesome this property is. Facebook eats that up and it's going to show that to everybody that really likes that, the organic part of the social media, right? right? That every newbie should be doing. Every newbie should have a TV show on Facebook or an Instagram. They should have a show. Like, and they should go live every day. And I'm not joking, Wes. Every single day, they're live, five or 10 minutes. People won't, won't watch for longer. Um, and talking about the thing they learned that day, the property they saw that day, the interesting market stat of the day. Um, everyone should do that. Everyone should do that when they're new because they probably have a lot of time. <laughs> so they got time to do that and go live and, and drive that interaction and that, and that, uh, that engagement engagement right and that works a hundred percent it takes time but it works then when that generates that one to two transactions a month then you go to the ads i don't think i i'm, I'm a strong proponent you don't start with the ads holy by the time you figure it out you're broke right you're negative five thousand dollars and some people can't really handle that yeah that'd be rough that's i'm gonna make sure my son listens to this <laughs> i the same thing Maybe he'll listen to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, no. If, if your dad's telling you that, that's probably going one ear out the other. But hey, hey, you know, West Junior. Oh, I'm, I'm who, what the name is. Uh, you know, listen to me, bro. Uh, if you go live on Facebook and Instagram every damn day, five, 10 minutes, it will work. You know, checks in the mail. I'll let me know in 90 days if you don't get one to two solid clients from that. And the pipeline you're going to build for the next six to 12 months is going to be unbelievable. You know, you won't, if you, if you do that, you won't regret it, right? And then you combine that with start a Facebook group about whatever, right? You know, it can be real estate. It can be a community group. doesn't matter. You're always going to try and provide value for that group. That's your audience. That's your audience. It's yeah. a game of who can build the biggest audience. And that's really it on social media. And if you focus that on sales, man, it's going to be a superpower. All right, Matthew, you heard that. I'm, I'm looking right. I'm going to send this. I'm clipping this and right to my son. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gus, the man with the plan, powerisa.com. Thanks for coming to the show, man. It's been great. Hey, thanks so much, Wes. Appreciate it. All right. Enjoy Katie H-Town. I'm going to come see you soon, man. I get out there once or twice a year. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Let me know. See you, man. I love hearing his advice when it's the exact same advice I've given my son, who's new in real estate. But hey, you know, it takes a village, right? Uh, but hey, always said people don't do business with you for one of two reasons. Either they haven't heard of you or they have. Make sure people know who you are. Direct mail, social media, phone calls, email, ads. Be visible. Be obvious. Become the obvious choice. If you're in real estate, hit up my friend Gus. All right. If you're in real estate or anything else, hit me up. Let's get you in the right CRM. Let's get the right scripts running. Let's get scripts for your phone. Uh, outbound calls, inbound calls. How do you handle it? I've been helping a friend of mine. I was the best man in his wedding. He was the best man in my wedding. He's got a, a kid, a son, uh, graduating college, got an internship at uh, one of the big insurance companies. They gave him a terrible script. Last two days, I've been helping him uh, tighten things up. And you know what? It's the exact script that I taught for the last six weeks for $15,000 to a group of people. 
you can get it for, I don't know, $200 a month, month to month. And then make every sale. Well, you yeah, makeeverysale.com on demand. It's only a few hundred bucks one time. Or you get access to that and the private group and the live calls every week. And you can ask questions at any time in the group. Um, and I'll answer them month to month. Okay. No long-term fees. Although you double down, invest in yourself, you'll save a chunk as well. So avail yourself of that opportunity. Sellmoreofeverything.com. It works. It works because I'm working it. And the things I do work because I got a family of nine counting on me doing things that work so I can make money. All right. I'll, I'll share those tips with you. It's just what I do. Thanks for listening. I'll go sell something. <laughs>